wait, wait, there's more to tell. They all laughed so hard they couldn't hear Rovash finish his story. Rovash, Fiona, and Ejlam were lounging comfortably naked in the warm, humid southern air, enjoying the orchards and flowers in each other's company. This must have truly been the greatest paradise among all the clans. Fiona sighed, letting out a slow breath as she fanned herself and took a sip of water out of a cup. She felt the delicious tingle of the sun's rays as it warmed her skin. How many days has it been, Fiona said sleepily, since we arrived here? Nothing answered her but the distinct buzz of a fat beetle that zoomed by. You have not seen Ettenfalls or Karis Eldahan, dear sister, Ro quietly reminisced. Every elven settlement has a beauty of its own, but I have to admit our mother's home is dearest to me. He also took a sip from his own water to cool his throat. Fiona blinked her eyes wide. She sat up feeling strangely confused and wondered if she had had too much sun. She splashed her water over her face and shook her head. The guys curiously smiled at her odd behavior. We need to search the island, you know, the one both Dakin and Sybilis mentioned. Is it far from here? Fiona broke into their overtly happy idleness. Just beyond the water's edge, EJ casually pointed south, closing his eyes. What? So close? Fiona stood up and strained to see over the treetops. She was too short from where she was standing, and that angered her. She suddenly felt more alert than she'd been since they arrived. She couldn't remember when that was. I'm getting my gear to go. Are you coming along? She could feel her agitation fighting the fog of laziness that had set in. The guys were leaning back on their chairs with mildly curious looks on their faces. You have grown fat, she blurted out with an accusing look in her eye. That was all she needed to get them both to sit up and pay attention. So, we're off on a new adventure, and Fiona is pointing the way. Welcome to Tales of Eldalorn, folks. I am Carly Bon. This week's chapter is number 23, and back again. Hario Uhanarnan. Let this long story begin. As they approached the water's edge, Ejlama and Ro could see something had changed. This is the beach where we swam as young ones. Swimming was fun as elflings, but there were also times for serious training, EJ told Fiona. Ro just looked at EJ and made a grunting noise and shook his head. Ejlam smiled at his brother as he looked out at some ruined docks. These boats were not here before, EJ trailed off. You are saying somebody built a harbor here since you've been gone? Fiona asked. 
The brothers both nodded in agreement as they walked forward to investigate. Two out of three boats moored to the docks were sunken and rotting in the pier just from sheer age and neglect. One looked salvageable. Hiding underneath the far edge of one dock was a thumping sound that turned out to be a small rowboat. We can use this one to get across the bay, Fiona said to the scowling faces of the guys. Rovash was the first to get into the tiny craft. He looked top-heavy as the others crammed in practically on top of him. The island didn't seem too far away, and he was keeping his eyes glued on it as he readied the oars. He hoped they would make the passage quickly as he glanced down and saw the dark, unforgiving water all around them. Thank the lords, the water is quiet today, he mumbled in a low, ominous tone. I did not know how much you feared water. I do not fear the water, Fiona. It is the vastness of this kind of water and what swims beneath it. Rose's eyes betrayed his dread. I hope we can find a larger boat on the island then to come back in. Fiona looked concerned for him. I do agree, Rose said, as he heaved with all his strength into the oar, pushing them away from the dock. Rovash steadily pulled the oars, propelling them forward. It took longer than he hoped, but they were finally getting close to the island. Without warning, EJ leaned over and artfully slid into the water to swim the rest of the way. Rovash shouted, setting the tiny craft into a spasm of wild rocking. He grasped the sides to calm the pitching before they capsized. I am here, brother. EJ was already on shore. Fiona threw him the rope. Rovash was scowling deep lines in his face when the tiny craft ground to a halt on the sandy bottom. Roe quickly leapt out on the shore in one stride, dragging Fiona and the boat the rest of the way on land. Fiona heard EJ whisper in her mind, It is from our youth. My brother's fear is my fault. She immediately knew not to ask as they gave each other a sideways glance as she busied herself gearing up her weapons and pack. After walking up and down the beach in both directions, they discovered that the island was surrounded by a wall of thick vines and underbrush that they couldn't break through. We'll just have to pick a spot and work on that, Rovash said, and they all agreed. Breaking through the wall of overgrowth was slow going. They thought of giving up and coming back on another day, but Fiona had the feeling that if they quit now, that would never happen. After two hours of struggling, they finally decided to take a break. Ugh, it's as if it fights us, Roe growled, as he chewed on some of the dried meat that Fiona handed him. Whoever or whatever put up this barrier certainly wanted to remain hidden, EJ noted. Fiona got a little excited over that, thinking maybe there were some elves living on this island. It made her even more determined. After a long while of struggle, they finally entered into a great span of green. Time stands still here, EJ sensed it. 
Where is everybody? Fiona questioned, not expecting an answer. There was a drowsy mist in the air that made everything look soft and inviting as they stepped forward into a garden. All manner of colorful flowers grew in mounds across the many edges of the place. There was one main path that led back to a structure made of stone and wood. It looked like it had been a dwelling at one time. As they drew closer, they could see it had rotted and tumbled down from the passage of time. Strange, Fiona observed. The rest of the place looks freshly tended. As they strolled behind the fallen dwellings, they came to an opening in a field of strange white stones scattered throughout wild grasses. Their minds turned numb with horror as they realized what they were looking at. The ground was littered with the bodies of elves. Hundreds, two hundred or more, Roe mumbled out numbers his mind could not comprehend. Fiona ran to the nearest one, falling down on her hands and knees. She tried to pick up the body, but it had grown heavy and was stuck deep into the soil. Fiona cried out in grief, trying to dig into the hard ground with her fingers. Ejlum took her by the shoulders, pulling her back to her feet before she bloodied her hands. He held her firmly in his arms to keep her safe. As the three continued to move deeper into the place, they could see some of the elves lay on their backs with hands folded over their breast as if accepting their fate. Some lay on their sides with arms stretched out across loved ones. Mothers and fathers held young ones. Elflings huddled in each other's arms, fear etched on their faces. All three of them gasped bitter sadness at the sight of so many lying down to die in this manner. Why did they give up this way? Fiona cried out. See their faces, Roe moaned, pointing out the expression, such despair. I cannot believe these little ones could agree freely to this, Fiona said through angry tears. The further they walked, the light surrounding them glowed like ghostly spirits in the swirling thickness of the moist air. Were they not allowed to go to the ships? Why were they not allowed to go to the ships? Fiona yelled through rising panic. She looked at the brothers accusingly as if they had anything to say about it. E.J. and Rovage could only answer with silence, feeling the same helplessness. Fiona bent over so far she was able to pull away from Ejlum, scuffling forward half on her knees to a tiny face of an elfling. It was lying on its tummy next to its mother. Its body hung over her outstretched arm. It was as though the mother had fallen to the ground and the little one rolled away out of her loosened grip. It was icy cold to touch. Fiona fell, sobbing to her face, 
looking into the elfling's blank, frozen eyes. She felt the dew-covered slipperiness of the musky soil beneath her. It was as though the land itself was working to swallow the stone elves, and Fiona would lie there with them, overcome in their grief. No, Fiona, you must not follow them. EJ grabbed her back up into his embrace. Rovash thought he saw something move. My mind is playing tricks on me, he said out loud, his voice muffled in the misty air. Then he saw a twitch happen again, but this time he was looking right at it. I see movement here, his eyes riveted on it to see if it would happen again. This place is cursed, EJ said. Fiona pulled away and moved to Rose's side. Kneeling down, she stared at the frozen face. It seems impossible in the condition they're in, EJ noted. They're all too far gone. EJ, Fiona saw a small ripple on the stone. This one struggles to live. Help me. She began to dig the body free with her bare fingers and a renewed energy. It is hopeless, he told her firmly. Even I cannot heal this one. We cannot. None of us can. What? No! Fiona refused to stop digging. She looked up at Roe, her eyes pleading for him to aid her, and he did not move. EJ is right, Fiona. We would not have enough effect to help. Rovash felt like Fiona was desecrating a grave site. Fiona, stop. We are not their kin. You must not disturb them in the state. Fiona! She wouldn't listen. She struggled with her frustration. Her head felt like it was growing thicker behind her ears. No, 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 she hysterically scratched at the dirt. This time she did bloody a finger. Rovash picked her up off the ground, flailing wildly. Gripping her sobbing body tightly, he hauled her over to a clear spot so she couldn't hurt herself any further. EJ looked grim at all the dead faces. It is like a dream, and we must leave now lest we be pulled into this strange magic along with these others. Let this remain their silent tomb as we have found it, EJ said sadly. And then he saw it. A tiny detail on the edge of the stone elf caught his eye. It was faded and gray like etched on glass. Whatever it was, it glinted brightly at him in the dim light. Look here, EJ called to the others as he knelt and poked his finger at something. Is this not the same stitching pattern you showed me on your blanket? He asked Fiona. Yes, these are my kin, she cried out in excitement. They all realized the claim of her statement. Roe jammed his fingers under the loosened edge of the stone body, and in one motion heaved the small elf up away from the swallowing ground. It proved to be extraordinarily heavy. Roe thought this might be complete madness, but if there was a chance for even one to live, he wanted to feel they had at least done all they could do to help. Where can we go then, he asked, feeling the weight of it dragging at every fiber of his strength. 
Wait, we have to check them all for survivors, Fiona ordered. We cannot stay, Fiona, or we will be harmed. EJ held Fiona's wrists firmly so she would stop and look at him. She needed to listen to him now. We cannot stay, Fiona, he repeated firmly. We will try to come back, but first, let us see if this one lives. Fiona's mind focused. Ejlam always spoke truth to her. He knew some kind of curse was creeping into them the longer they lingered, and they had to leave. The three turned away and quickly found the tunneled opening out of the garden. Soon they were on the beach again. They found there was no longer enough room in the tiny boat for all of them. I can swim, E.J. nodded to Rovash, giving up his space to the body. You do all the hard work and bring the boat. Ro's lips turned pale as he looked at his brother fearfully, but didn't say a word. Let us hurry then, E.J. cocked his eyebrow and tried to look cheerful. Rovash just kept his eyes glued on his brother, swimming on the surface in front of them as they crossed the water. He silently rowed the heavy-laden boat, with Fiona rubbing her hands over what would have been the shoulder of the frozen elf. They quickly gained the dock on the other shore without incident. The brothers both seemed relieved at this as they stared at each other with some hidden knowledge that was between them. Fiona brought them both back to the task at hand as they saw her struggling to get the body out of the boat. Let Rovash do it, E.J. said, as he helped Fiona up onto the dock. After a bit of a struggle, Rovash finally got the body free and carried it to the shoreline. They brought the small elf into their house and laid the body on their mother's larger bed. It was the closest room on the main floor to the great room. I will stand watch to aid you in case of trouble, Rose said, knowing his brother was going to attempt a healing. E.J. and Fiona solemnly prepared themselves. My beloved, do not leave me. E.J. looked worried at her. There is so much we still do not know that might harm us. I love you as my own heart, Fiona said, as she kissed him softly. She was determined. They crawled into bed on either side of the elf and put their arms over the stiff body. E.J. was concerned that Fiona was too focused on the outcome to think of any consequences that might occur. They did not know what kind of curse or magics were invoked to cause this kind of condition. Ejlam hoped this elf could come back to consciousness. He feared the powers involved could take them both away into eternal sleep of the true death. Hey, new episodes are published here every Thursday at 6 a.m. Central Standard Time and on YouTube by 1 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time.
If you want to hear the rest of the story, subscribe to the channel. And don't forget to give me some love and a five-star review or a big thumbs up. And thank you again for all the kind words and you know who you are. Hanging out and working in the studio is dear to my heart. And it is always good to hear feedback. So don't be afraid to leave a comment and let me know what you think. Until next time, bye-bye. Elvish Lesson of the Day Last week there was some Elvish at the end of the story that you may not have caught, or you may have. Did you look it up to see if you could find it on the internet? If not, here we go. Nedupostag Aninabant. Fiona was telling Ejlam that as they lie down together in bed, she felt complete. I think you know what that means as we fade to black. Nedupostag Aninabant. Till next time, bye-bye. This is Carly Bond signing out.